Hey, Taylor Ray here, co-host of the 1P versus 2P podcast. I'm here, as always, with my brother and co-host, Ryan Ray. Hey, Taylor, how's it going? It's going well. So this week, we were inspired by a tweet we saw a few weeks back from at Mike Suzik. He is a former games journalist in the industry, working now. Created something that went a little bit viral in games Twitter. Uh, he wrote, if you have the power to bring back one defunct video game series, but it guarantees another will end forever, name those two series. So it's basically kind of like a a Mary kill sort of thought experiment. Uh, so we, we chimed in. There were some really good answers. The one that I saw that had the most likes and retweets was actually from Mike himself saying, I would kill off Kingdom Hearts forever if I got just one more cool borders. I'm aware <laughs> that I'm the worst for this. <laughs> uh, I think we took it a little bit more seriously. Ryan, what did you write? Uh, I voted to kill Fire Emblem in favor of reviving the Advance Wars series. I think Fire Emblem, I love the Fire Emblem games. I think they're great tactical RPGs. But man, oh man, I spent a lot of time with the Advance Wars games. Uh, you know, the original Advance Wars on the Game Boy Advance, uh, the sequel, Advance Wars, Black Hole Rising. The less said about the DS game, the better. But those games were really, you know, from intelligent systems, a lot of fun, uh, took war and made it into this kind of Saturday morning cartoon feel. Uh, superpowers with different officers had kind of a fun story had uh, multiplayer modes uh, the ability to kind of customize your own map and i would love to see another advanced wars games the 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 relationships relationship stuff in fire emblem games has i think gone a little bit off the rails now they're kind of just this too much characters it's almost like a rogues gallery of people i just really don't care about um i think the last fire emblem game i really cared about the characters was awakening and that's at least two fire emblem games ago and now they're just doing remakes and you'll see it even in fire emblem heroes that mobile game there are just way too many heroes to even keep track of who had which personality uh which ones you ship it's it's just all too much so i would strip all that away and just bring it back to the uh core gameplay loop of the tactical RPG and, you know, the fun superpowers. And uh, let's bring back Advance Wars. Taylor, what would what was your answer for this exercise? Well, I said kill Animal Crossing and revive F-Zero. So I picked two Nintendo properties. And the reason being is because I never really liked Animal Crossing from the get-go. Uh, the one on GameCube originally, uh, years back, just felt like a giant chore to me. It, it, it it wasn't fun and or relaxing or, or cute. I, I just thought it was quite obnoxious. And, it, you know, at the time, it had that sort of weird memory limitation where it took up an entire memory card, so they sold the game with a memory card bundled with it. Just a lot of it turned turned me off. I, I didn't find it as charming as many other people did. And then more and more recent Animal Crossings on, on DS, and, and I, I believe the most recent one was on Wii U, that Amiibo Festival, not appealing to me at all. I, I, I could do without it. But... F-Zero, I mean, it's been a long time since we had a F-Zero game, the last one being F-Zero GX on GameCube. Um, before that, it's been a, l- a little bit sparse. You know, you had uh, F-Zero, I-, I believe it was Legend on Game Boy Advance, and then you had F-Zero 64, which is, I believe, one of the best in the series. I'm just a general fan of these fast-paced, uh, visceral, 
racing games like Extreme G and Wipeout. And F-Zero, I think, is the perfect blend of all of those. Just a lot of character and spirit. And th- that gameplay is phenomenal. And and you see Captain Falcon, a lot of these characters appear in many other games, like the, the Smash series. He's even a, a fighter that I enjoy playing primarily in the, in, in the Smash game. So I, I just miss it a lot. And you have other developers creating games very similar to F-Zero, like uh, Red Out and Fast RMX most recently. It just keeps whetting my appetite for a, a new one from Nintendo that would be phenomenal, I think, perfect for the Switch platform. So This also seems to be a vote for, like, the Animal Crossing series in particular, uh, you know, a little bit easier. There's not really a difficulty thing. It's just a matter of, you know, how do you want to grow your town? What kind of animals do you want to attract to your town? What kind of things do you want to collect? And uh, to me, this Kill Revive answer is more a vote for more challenging first-party Nintendo games. Um, you know, the F-Zero series has been known for its kind of difficulty spikes, particularly GX. That was a really hard game. There was a mode where you play, you played as a Captain Falcon in these kind of like more challenge race situations. Um, yeah, they were is, extremely is that, tough. Yeah. Is that what you're kind of going for? You want a more challenging racing game from Nintendo? GX had a, a perfect blend of multiplayer, but a split screen, but also that, that those single player challenges, which I thought was phenomenal. Typically in racing games, you just have like a Grand Prix, you play a couple courses against uh, AI, you maybe change the difficulty, and that's that. It's just standard racing. Those challenges I thought were excellent. It really fine tuned your skills. Uh, it, it had sort of a, a little bit of a story mode blended into it. So I really appreciated that. And I appreciated how difficult it was. I, I look at games like Mario Kart, which historically have been very, very easy for me. I, I guess a lot of people on Twitter that were answering this this sort of thought experiment were picking games that were within the same genre. I took a little bit of a different approach. Like I couldn't care less about Animal Crossing, but I really, really am excited and hyped for a potential future F-Zero. So that's the approach I took. And I think you took a, the, the, the former approach where you pick two games in the same genre, one which you really prefer over the other right yeah absolutely and actually that brings us that's a nice transition into our own video game thought experiment that uh, i kind of dreamed up the rules for and uh th- this is kind of a riff on that uh what two or more games could you combine that would make your kind of dream game now again this isn't like street fighter cross tekken territory this is more like com- combining two of your favorite games to make one much stronger flavor so i i kind of uh, set a little bit more rules than uh, mike did in his original tweet so some basic rules, ground rules for this. The two games that we mash up can't be from the same genre. So uh, you can't mash up uh, Forza, a Forza racing game with Gran Turismo, right? Those are both racing games. Or uh, a Pokemon cross Digimon crossover. As much as I would like for that to happen, you know, those are both uh, monster raising uh, RPGs. Uh, wouldn't work in this rule set. Another rule set, if uh, if I come up with a game idea, you wouldn't be able to. So, uh, you know, as much as we both love Super Mario World, uh, it's not really that interesting for you and I to be talking about what our Mario World crossover games, right? And then finally, the, the last rule, uh, the results of the, the games combined can't be a simple reskin or mod of either of the games. So, for example, if I said uh, Tetris Attack Cross Super Smash Brothers... Yeah, I'd this play wouldn't that, be, <laughs> Yeah, I, I would play that, too, in a heartbeat, but this this game wouldn't be, couldn't be a Tetris Attack-style puzzle game that just swaps out the Yoshi characters for the Smash roster. Uh, but it could be a, 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 a fighting game that occasionally forces you to solve puzzles, maybe like... Uh, 
that Henry Hatsworth game that was kind of a combination uh, puzzle game slash platformer, or even the mobile game 10 million, which was a puzzle game slash runner slash RPG. That, that would be kind of allowed. So with those kinds of uh, rules in mind, I, I was going to say, let's take turns hashing this out. Uh, we, we were going to pitch three killer dream mashups, each of us. But Taylor, when I gave you this assignment, I don't think you completely understood the rule set. No, I definitely broke it. I'll, I'll give you my three up at the top because I totally ruined this because I literally picked crossovers that were within the same genre, the first rule that you mentioned. So the three that I had chosen were Super Mario RPG cross Diablo 2 I was going to go into the the isometric more real-time RPG elements loot-based elements of Diablo 2 but set in a Super Mario RPG universe with a lot of the charm and writing instilled in there uh, then my next one was NBA Jam cross Windjammers but with a, a different gameplay set where you're playing with an ultimate frisbee rule seven on seven with an overhead view where the the gameplay would be similar to Windjammers and passing and abilities in a more graphical style of NBA Jam, the flavor of the UI, the overall style. And then my final one was going to be Mass Effect Cross Shadowrun. If you know me, I absolutely love the Shadowrun franchise. Video games-wise, uh, the only the most recent ones, uh, the three that were actually originally fan-created games, were excellent representations of the, the original tabletop RPG. I was going to say the Shadowrun world, that universe, but mix it up with... Uh, Mass Effect style gameplay, cover shooting, but uh, interesting dialogue choices. Uh, when it comes to Shadowrun, I was not going to go into that awful, awful uh, games for what was it? Games for Windows Live version that was on 360 and PC. That that sort of team based, objective based shooter. I'm talking about more along the lines of the traditional isometric RPG styles of the SNES version of Shadowrun and even the more recent ones out on PC and mobile as well. So anyway, those are my three. I didn't follow your rules. You're right. But if you know, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan is great kind of per a great creative kind of person who loves to go on, on long walks and think about these kind of things through. I don't think I'm as imaginative as he is with this kind of thing. So instead we're going to hear a little bit more about his ideas, which I think are very, very interesting based on this, uh, what he's written on this Google doc that we've created together so far so let's hear it from you ryan you have three killer dream mashups mechanically uh we want to keep in mind what what makes each of these fun but also what makes each of these unique and how they, they blend together so give me your first one so my first one would be a uh, final fantasy tactics cross killer seven game um uh, these are two of uh, some of my favorite games so this game would be uh, a tactical rpg grid-based uh, have a job system. But uh, I think the thing that I really wanted to take away from Killer7 was Killer7 had a really nice, uh, I, I really like the, the kind of over the top story, the kind of political intrigue, uh, on top of the really cool graphics and soundtrack that that game had. I think there is a, a neat game to be built around, um, kind of the split personas that you had, the different kind of uh, playable characters in a, in an RPG setting would be really killer. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just imagine a tactical RPG with kind of like cell shaded graphics, uh, kind of like a super hot almost. Um, and you could imagine a job system where, uh, for example, the, the healer character is, uh, I don't know, completely blind and that changes maybe a little bit of the graphics. You know, Final Fantasy Tactics already has kind of a, a political historical angle to its story. 
And Killer7 has this, if you, know, you have seen the ending or even mildly followed, it's a little bit hard to follow. It's a little bit disjointed, but it's a lot of fun. The uh, ending after the credits, the stinger, is really like wacky and Japanese and over the top. And yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a very anime game, admittedly. Yeah. And I, I would, <laughs> if you can imagine, I would, uh, I would want Final Fantasy Tactics to be even more anime, to have that kind of, um, those kinds of s- stories, uh, would, would do really well taken a little bit more seriously. You know, I think Suda51, the, the very eccentric Japanese developer who created Killer7 and went on to make, uh, No More Heroes and a lot of other, uh, zany games. I, I think his, his style, his that that cell shaded graphical style i think he's a fan of i think would would go over very well i can't recall a tactical game in that sort of st- in that in that mold but as bo- for both of us i think as fans of tactical rpgs in general and final fantasy tactics being our our gold standard here i think that would make for a really really interesting crossover and let me ask you ryan also at the top you 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 created this this thought experiment is this something that you created to sort of brainstorm ideas that maybe you'd execute yourself or pitch to pitch to studios, something like that? I mean, these would be like my dream projects. So absolutely. If I had the uh, capability to game design, I would definitely, uh, you know, create a, that, this would be like top of my list <laughs> to create this kind of game. Um, and I think in terms of uh, getting back a little bit to your question about um, the legacy of the, both of these games, I think there have been a lot more tactical RPGs that have gone after what Final Fantasy Tactics is really trying to, to get at. But nobody has quite figured out the right mix of stuff. I think Final Fantasy Tactics was kind of one of those rare, perfect packages. And um, the Killer7 legacy, you know, we got all these Grasshopper manufacturer games, like you uh, said, uh, No More Heroes, uh, Lollipop Chainsaw. Um, Killer is Dead. Uh, but a lot of those games kind of picked up on the verve of Killer 7, but didn't really capture what I think a lot of people really, really liked. And also, I think the game that most captures his sensibilities without being too uh, over-sexualized or, you know, boner or fart jokes <laughs> has been Let It Die. It has that kind of like punk rock feel, but also kind of mixes it up with the genre, has an over-the-top story and characters. Um, I would really like more games in that mold. So if you could imagine like a, a you know, a Let It Die game mashed up with a Final Fantasy Tactics uh, you know, mechanics. I, I think that be, could be really, really cool. That's a more recent example for those of you who have not tried Killer Seven, because I believe the last time people have played that were in the mid to late two thousands on PS two and and GameCube. So it's been a while, and and I believe a lot of people. It was one of these cult hits. I don't think it sold very well. So let's move on to your next example. Give us your second dream mashup. All right, so this is a three-game mashup. This is I was feeling really creative the day I created this. Uh, but this is uh, DuckTales, Crosh, Banjo-Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts, Cross, Katamari Damacy. And I think where I was going with this is that I really miss the kind of like world-spanning adventure game that DuckTales was all about. Uh, I also miss Banjo-Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts. I think that is a great underrated game from the Xbox 360 era. Um, Agreed. You know, uh, a lot of a lot of that kind of style of game has been more turned into survival games, games like Minecraft, where you kind of customize your own vehicles. You cre- more or less kind of create your own worlds and create your own challenges. Um, but I think Nuts and Bolts was kind of a perfect enca- encapsulation of you get to create your own cars and vehicles and planes and all that. But also it had kind of a fun puzzle solving element. 
And, you know, the more challenges you completed, the more part access to parts you could get. And you're always trying to beat your times. And you could create some really, like, fun, uh, insane, like, uh, Ruberg-esque machine. <laughs> oh, Rude Goldberg uh, machines, yeah. Yeah, Rude Goldberg machines. Uh, it, it was just a really cool game. And uh, Cross Katamari Damacy. Katamari Damacy is a game where you, it's a lot about collecting things. So I think that would really uh, mash up well with Nuts and Bolts. Um, so my pitch for this kind of game would, uh, to be used kind of nuts and bolts is in the base. You travel around to different worlds. Uh, you're, you know, you collect money and objects to kind of try to overcome obstacles. The Katamari Damacy part would be you try to create bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, machines and vehicles and more, you know, try to overcome more crazy challenges. I think the part where Katamari Damacy, uh, falls apart is that you're the world the levels never really change and the you know you're always getting bigger and bigger and bigger to to really no effect it's it's more like a roguelike in that sense you're just trying to explore different parts of the level to see what kind of different objects you can attach to your katamari so uh if you could imagine a game where you kind of pick up random junk and then you could sell it uh and have like a you know inventory system and you know, buy buy parts from vendors, and uh, you know you can ima- almost imagine like the heroes of this game being like Huey, Dewey, and Louie fighting up against uh, Uncle, <laughs> the Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, and you're and you're trying to build these machines, and Uncle Scrooge is just building more and more evil machines that you're trying to overcome, and uh, that would be the kind of like fun mechanic of uh, like you know the three brothers trying to get in their own garage and creating like really cool vehicles. So I can, I can, I can imagine this being a cool game. I'd probably have to simplify my pitch a little bit. That would, I would, you know, <laughs> it would have to be simplified into five minutes, but I can imagine some of these mechanics from some of these games being really, really cool. Uh, all, all put together. It sounds like what you're trying to do is create a game where you're working your way from, from small machines into giant world spanning, uh, mechas. That's what it sounds like to me with the the nuts and bolts reference, but the Katamari elements of collecting items uh, smaller, but then larger and larger and larger as you move along. And I think one of the big challenges with this kind of game is that it basically already existed, right? Disney Infinity was a thing, and it didn't sell very well. And uh, as a result, Disney has kind of uh, scaled back their their games uh, arm. So it's 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 disappointing, it, but it's similar, I, really. Well, the toy box mode, you know, could let you kind of mash up uh, characters and vehicles and you kind of create your own levels. I I think they were eventually going to get there with that game. Um, They just didn't have enough time or, you know, it that game was 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 getting there with the open world. I think it was really popular with kids. I think it was really cool. The idea of mashing up different Disney franchises, but um, it just didn't have enough legs. I think they kind of oversold the um, plastic toy element of the game. And uh, essentially, I'm I'm kind of getting my wish. Uh, there's a Ubisoft game that's coming out on Switch that they debuted during E3. Uh, that's kind of this concept without the Ducktales. There aren't really characters, but you're you're buying plastic toys. You're you can kind of customize them. Um, it's 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 almost this this concept is almost like Le- Lego Dimensions, but with more structure. Oh yeah, I was thinking more along the lines of a Lego World uh, as well, being sort of an open world construction building, creating your own you know characters and vehicles and what have you sure what is, what is the name of that game that you you were talking about uh that that ubisoft it's a new ubisoft game that's a toys to life 
series? Yes, it's it's a Toys to Life series. It's coming on Switch. You buy the you basically buy blind bags of parts, or that's how it's, it was pitched anyway. And um, you attach it to your Switch, and it's almost like an amiibo. And uh, the things that you build appear in game. Um, ah, so I'm guessing- yes. Okay. Now, now it's coming back to me. That that was from E3. I also had to Google this. Also, just to remember the name of it. Starlink Battle for Atlas is what it's called. It's a brand yeah, okay, new that's IP. A- yeah, that's a bad name. Yeah. But <laughs> but but uh you know there is a new DuckTales cartoon coming out. I think it just actually premiered on Disney XD. I think this could be a good tie-in. Oh, no, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but um anyway, that's that's my idea for a kind of a killer uh kids game with a vehicle element that's a little bit more open world. Very very interesting. All right, let's move on to your your third and final one here. I I really am interested to hear this pitch because one of this one of these games I I'm a big fan of, but it is very obscure to the mainstream. Go ahead. Uh, so this this mashup is Armored Core cross Viva Pinata. <laughs> um, so I love I love both these game series for different reasons. Um, I think the Armored Core games were were kind of the last time I really got into mecha games. Uh, I think where it kind of lost the 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 path for me was the games didn't really have like a clear cut story, and it was it was very. Um, military arcade esque shooter, and uh, the original Armored Core games were more about that kind of virtual on um, customizing your your mechs and uh, seeing how they would you know compete in different kind of combat scenarios. And uh, I would mash this up with Viva Pinata because um, I think Viva Pinata is also kind of a directionalist simulation monster raising game. Um, you know, you're trying to attract certain kinds of pinatas to your ranch to, uh, you know, meet different objectives and to attract others. So you attract a fudge hog with a little, uh, a wormple and, uh, you know, hopefully that will attract the bear and try to keep the bad, uh, pinatas away. Uh, so my pitch for this game would be kind of an armored core style mech game, but with a little bit more, um, you know, maintenance elements, I'd really want to get in there. Uh, it's it's kind of like an armored core game with a gotcha system almost. Um, you know, the different kinds of mechs that you build kind of attract certain kinds of parts and vendors. You're almost kind of like raising the mech, right? The more time you spend with certain parts, uh, the more they level up, um, the, the more proficient you get at them. You know, you can kind of... Uh, tailor it a little bit more um and making you know the armored core games for as much as i like them are kind of drab looking and i think adding that viva viva pinata colorful world element of it would be really really fun um and make it you know you could almost make this into a kids game if you turn down the violence element yeah nintendo did that a, a little while ago on i think it was 3ds not on ds but 3ds uh with custom robo arena i don't know if you've ever tried that um but yeah, it was it was Armored Core where it's typically one-on-one battles between two different mechas and customizations, but it was very very simplified and babied down. But uh the 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 style of Viva Piñata is very uh bright and cheerful and uh very kid-friendly, but still charming nonetheless. I think adults can really get into it with the whole farm raising elements too. So, um that that's a really really interesting concept because Armored Core has been like like you said very very near future military drab style to it with very very minimal story very text heavy um, very uh, sort of obscure I would argue despite the number of releases here in North America 
it's it's a very very strange series <laughs> for sure well and and i think both games could benefit from like advances in controls i think the armored core series uh you know was from software's first shot at making games and uh, those games are kind of chunky to play uh, i think they've uh, really improved uh, with the Souls games, the the controls a little bit, even though some might argue uh, the other way. Um, and I and similarly, Viva Pinata for a simulation style game, a lot of the UI in, in that game is really really awful. It, just layers and layers of stuff. It, 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 it's almost hard to decipher how to attract certain pinatas to your ranch if you can't even figure out how what the button is to to shovel a piece of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think both ben, uh, games. Uh, put together could you could create a ui almost like a dark cloud style uh ui system where uh you know both games would benefit from uh, control improvements yeah i mean of of the three answers you just gave i personally i would be excited for a final fantasy tactics cross killer seven the one that you absolutely led with because i love that style uh the killer seven graphical style that cell shaded zany style and the gameplay of Final Fantasy Tactics, I mean, we could go, we could cover a whole episode of why we love that game. We bring it up so much on this podcast, honestly. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and, and I think those sensibilities of those games could really work well together. And, you know, I, I thought of this kind of thought experiment because we're increasingly getting a lot of uh games that are mashups of from other games you know that uh, mario and rabbits kingdom battle game is basically mario rpg plus xcom right uh pyre is uh oregon trail cross nba jam yep yeah uh, you know a lot of developers are taking mechanics and systems and story and uh graphical styles of other games and uh you know, slapping them together. So this is my plea. Please make a Final Fantasy Tactics cross Killer 7 game. Please make a DuckTales cross Nuts and Bolts cross Katamari Damacy game. Please make an Armored Core cross Viva Pinata game. I would love if those things actually happen. I would love for there to be a game jam, actually, uh, and then for these to be fully flushed out. I would kickstart these these games right away. And neither of us come from a games development background, games publishing. Neither of us are in the industry, but we, we treat Obviously, gaming is a hobby. We do this podcast. We write, you know, blog posts about the stuff. We we produce videos on our YouTube channel, but we've never gone into creating games at all. But we often think about our, our dream games, and I'm sure a lot of you listeners do that as well. So uh, we'd love to hear from you about uh, what your dream game uh, crossover or mashup would be. We'd love to hear from you. Seriously, tell us by commenting on our Facebook page, uh, tweeting at 1pvs2p underscore podcast. You can also email us your pitch podcast at 1pvs2p.com. Or if you're old school, you can always <laughs> call, uh, leave a voicemail, send a text to us at 571-418-GAME. That's 571-418-4263. And if you respond to us, we might just read or play your message on our next episode. So... And also, I just want to note that there are also NeoGAF forum posts kind of along the same veins, but not quite in the same rule set that Ryan had mentioned before. Let's imagine a little bit more, and maybe next time we'll record a future episode where I actually follow the rules correctly. <laughs> Come up with games out of the well, out of different to genres. Fair, to be fair, Taylor, I, I would really want a Super Mario RPG cross Diablo 2 style game, but... Uh I, it's hard to imagine that not being an isometric RPG. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, both are isometric for sure. Imagine Super Mario Universe in going to hell, battling the demons from hell. 
that that would never that would never happen, man. Of course that wouldn't. Yeah, no. I mean, Mario does not go to dark places, but it could in my brain. So, all right, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Special thanks to Phonetic Hero for the use of his songs for this episode, Coffee Stomp, and Supermanly Brothers X, both of which are part of the compilation project chip tunes equals win and if you like this episode and just keep in mind this isn't something that we normally do this is not not a very typical episode but nonetheless please give us your feedback head over to apple Podcasts and stitcher to subscribe and please rate and review our show it would be a huge help you can also check us out on google play music tune in youtube your favorite podcast app or our website 1pvs2p.com we have a lot of cool articles Reviews, Taylor. I think you're coming up with a Sonic Mania review pretty soon, so uh, check our website. Yeah, uh, soon for that. Yeah, and also I'm a brand new Nintendo Switch owner, and that's what I've been playing Sonic Mania on. So very excited. We'll talk about more about what we've been playing recently on a future episode. I'm Taylor Ray. That's my brother, co-host Ryan Ray. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. off kingdom hearts forever if i got just one more cool borders <laughs>